With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, special guest co-host Charles Edmund of the Allcorn State Radio Network for our number one. Here's how the guest menu will go for March 26, 2022. Of course, Charles Edmund joins me in our number one. I'll make a slight adjustment. Coach Daryl Asbury, head football coach at Southern Lab uh, High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He joins me at about 11.35. We'll talk about the program that he has at Southern Lab and also two football players, two student athletes who now will play their college football at Southern University. We'll talk to him about that. And also we'll get into uh, some – he's a – color analyst of the Jackson State Football Radio Network. I'll get a little bit of Jackson State uh, talk with Coach uh, Daryl Asbury. Then in hour number two, Coach Van Petaway joins the Coles Brown Show. Uh, We'll be talking uh, swag basketball, March Madness. And then also, I want to get his take on the, the lower seeds playing very well. One being St. Peter's. Hey, although my bracket is shot to hell, I'm pulling for St. Peter's. They did something historic. The first 15th seed to make it to the final eight. And in one more win, they'll be in the final four. Coach Petaway joins me in hour number two. And then last, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football joins me to wrap up this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Charles Edmund, good morning, sir. Good morning, Carlos. Blessed to be with you and blessed to be here. It was, it's been a rough week. Uh, we experienced uh, one of the four tornadoes in Vicksburg the other day and uh, had some window damage and a stru- little bit of uh, structure damage, but uh, glad to be here. It's, it was a surreal experience, to say the least, and kind of scary, to be honest with you. 
And you know, Charles, uh, climate change, global warming, all of that. And growing up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you really didn't see that many tornadoes. But guess what? You see them now and more often. So uh, I'm glad everyone made it all right in your household. Boy, it's a it's a scary, scary situation uh, to go through that kind of inclement weather. Very, yeah, very. Sure. yeah, I mean, it definitely was. I mean, we, we kind of knew there was going to be rough weather. I was looking at the forecast, and it was a tornado just north and west of Vicksburg. But then uh, the wind picked up, and next thing you know, my office window blew out, my uh, bedroom window blew out, and we went for cover. And, uh, I mean, it happens just that fast. And uh, from what I understand, my neighbors were saying that, one of the four tornadoes formed right down the street from where we live. And you can just see behind me trees down, trees all over the neighborhood. And we were lucky because some of our neighbors experienced uh, significant roof damage. And uh, no lives were lost, but it's it's definitely a surreal and scary situation because it happened so fast. And in a second, it, it could all be over. So just, just, just blessed to be sure. Yeah, an interesting thing. Is with a hurricane, you'll have a four or five days, sometimes a week's notice. But with tornadoes, it's only a matter of maybe minutes, and then it's upon you. So, uh, again, I'm glad everyone um, made it out well. I mean, some structural damage, but that can be replaced. Lives cannot. So I'm glad everything um, is okay and, and you guys are recovering. Uh, some news and notes for the Carlos Brown show. Southern University baseball had been in a slump, lost two or three to Arkansas Pine Bluff. They take game one over Grambling State University, three to two. Overall, now the record's five and 16 in SWAC play, two and two. So uh, a great way to bounce back for the Jaguars. It, it, it was a battle, but uh, Coach Crenshaw, and the Jaguars take game one of a three-game series. So it'll be interesting to see. I know a lot of the uh, Southern alumni kind of concerned with, with, the, with the slow start, but a very tough non-conference schedule. But losing two out of three to Arkansas Pine Bluff, and then literally, I think, just me saying this, their backs against the wall, in an early second, first game of the second series of conference play. So the Jaguars over Grambling State 3-2. to two. Don't forget today at 1 o'clock, they're going to be, they're going to have a ceremony to honor Coach Cato and name the Fieldhouse in his name. And then 3 p.m. game two of the weekend series. Southern University softball. Uh, they lose to Texas Southern 4-2. to two. Jaguars now 7-19 overall. Five and two at conference play. By the way, TSU undefeated. And then, Charles, a historic game, almost a historic win. Jackson State women drop a 83-77 to decision to LSU. A lot to talk about in that ball game. Uh, the Lady Tigers we're down 47 to uh, 30, 70 points. Then they go on a 28-10 run in the third quarter. Then they take a one-point lead into the fourth quarter. And, boy, they were 
just that close, that close to getting the victory. But let me just say this. Couldn't have been prouder of Jackson State women's basketball. Coach Reed and that staff have done an outstanding job. And when you're down by 17, you can fold the tent right there. But they start playing much better, start hitting their shots. And you go on a 20-10 run. And after the game coming off, you could see Coach Reed look disappointed. But guess what? Made not only the SWAC proud, black college basketball on the women's side proud, and I could not have been prouder of Coach Reed and that staff and those young ladies. They did an outstanding job, Charles. Um, they were just that close to, to having a historic win, but it still was historic in the way they were able to come back, and they played uh, very well. And they are one of the premier, premier basketball programs in the country. Yep, I echo those sentiments exactly. I mean, after being down 17, they were up 10, I believe, with four minutes or five minutes left. And I was doing the baseball game at the time, and I said on the air, the number's two. You get two defensive stops with a 10-point lead, and you get two buckets adding to that 10-point lead, you probably win the game. And LSU just cut into it, and they cut into it. And unfortunately, you know, they, they went on that run, and they and they came up short. I mean, yes, it was it was historic. It was terrific. You, you, I was proud of Jackson State, proud of the SWAC. And I think that's the closest that we've been, the women. A women's team has come to winning an NCAA uh, tur- tournament game in that particular situation. Um, and they had the team to do it. We talked about it last week. Amisha Williams, Holiday, stayed out mm-hmm. of foul trouble. They knocked down shots. They got out and ran. I mean, they clearly had LSU on their heels. And clearly Coach Reed was fighting for a team. She got a tech and you know how that goes, the parade to the free throw line and, and all of that. Um, so clearly they were right there on the cusp. They came up short. We were all disappointed. But I was really, really proud of the comments that she made after the game, and I think that made the rounds on social media. I can, I 100% agree with what she said. You know, we've been, we've been knocking on the wall for a long time. Now it's time to kick down the wall. And I think you know, what she meant by that is it's time for us to start winning some of these games. You know, that's one that was clearly in their pocket to win. They didn't. And it's time for us to get over that hump and win those type of games. It's tough, but I think that it's doable. And I think with the team that she had this year was a possibility. And next year she got uh, she has Coach Sanders' daughter coming in. She has a pretty good recruiting class coming in. So Jackson State, even though they lost a lot of Misha Williams' holiday, played her last game. I think she clearly has got some bigs to be able to kind of make up for that a little bit. And uh, so Jackson State will be back. There's no question about that. But I think what she said is, you know, it's time for us to, you know, the moral victories are great. The pats on the back are great. Good game. That's great. But now it's time for us to start winning some of these games. In my opinion, that's what I got out of it. And, you know, hopefully at some point in time we will get over that hump and we will, as far as the women are concerned, win some of those games. Now, it's interesting. She also talked about uh, the culture and and, and playing for uh, HBCUs. And what I like, if you can maybe look back at this program and and the success that it's had so far, she made some comments, Coach Reed, about, you know, when they played Baylor and and they lost. And she kind of built the program after that loss, what she needed 
you know, more post players. She 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 continuously gets the post players in six two and and above. So she had a blueprint, and she followed that blueprint to a T. And you have to give kudos. You know, I I, I love uh, when Southern University goes against Jackson State, and no matter what sport it is. But hey, you got to give credit where credit's due. And you and Coach Petaway talked about last week that uh, Jack State had a, a, a good chance to be in this ball game. My exact words was, "It's going to be very tough." So maybe you guys saw something that I didn't. But they were able to go in and just represent themselves well and and, and the conference. Now, with all of that being said, you said JSU will be back. Now, you know that they're, with much success, Coach Reed, and I know on social media, I was reading an article this morning, the University of Georgia, uh, women's basketball, Ole Miss. Let me just say this. I hope Coach Reed continues to stay at Jackson State, but she's going to have some opportunities now. When you're successful in the way she's built, I mean, she's built that program. She has now caught the attention of athletic directors and presidents all across the country. And so now you're going to see her name mentioned when there's openings. I hope she stays. But at Jackson State, if she decides not to, I will still support and follow her because she has done an incredible job. So, Charles, all I have to say this, her name, every time there's an opening, she's a hot commodity now. Her, her name will be mentioned for every openings that will come up, you know, shortly. And it's, and it's not a surprise either. I mean, because of the tremendous mm-hmm. success that she has had. So with that comes – you know, people are going to be knocking down your door. People are going to be talking to Ashley Robinson about wanting to talk to her. And the question is, what can or what will Jackson State do to keep her? There's only, a, you know, a couple of more mm-hmm. things left in, in, in the tank to do. I mean, obviously winning an NCAA tournament game is one. Obviously they can give her another contract, a new contract with a boatload of money and a boatload of money for a program and a boatload of money for assistance. You always talk about assistance. Um, so I think that's that's the next step. And, you know, look, if, if a SEC program comes after her and they want her, they're going to they're going to they're going to open the vault to get her. And I don't know what there's I don't know what more Jackson State can do to keep her. Um, I'm sure Ashley Robinson and President Hudson want to keep her. But we all know that it's just the nature of the business. When when the big when the power five comes after you, they're going to they're going to they're going to bring it back up the Brinks truck and, and do whatever they can to, to get you if that is the case. Uh, so I think for Jackson State, the only thing left is to win a tournament game um, in the NCAA tournament. They almost did that last week. But I, I'm not surprised at all that her name has come up. Even Coach Moki even mentioned it, that, uh, hey, you know, she could be going to another place. I don't know if she said that tongue-in-cheek. I do think she was serious about it. Um, and it, well, I'm not surprised. It's just a question one, what can Jackson State do to keep her? And if the offer is just too good to pass it up, she's going to take it. Hasn't happened as of yet. But you never know. Yeah, well, and, and let's just be honest. I think you said it. If, if a Power Five school comes, they can open up the bank. 
to get her. And I don't know how much Jackson State, they can only do as much as they can as far as, you know, adding uh, a salary increase in extension. But unless just Coach Reed decides, hey, this is my place, this is where I want to be, I still have some more benchmarks I need to, to meet, as you stated, you know, winning a, a, a tournament game in the, in the NCAA uh, national tournament. It, it's, it's really close. She was that close this this past Saturday. So we'll, we'll see. We'll monitor the situation. But once again, I just want to say congratulations to Coach Reed and the staff, the young ladies. You made everyone proud. And look, hey, in my house is LSU graduate and was going for Jackson State because you saw something historic. And, and would have would have win. It would have been another historic uh, situation. So, hey, hats off to Jackson State women. Um, now they get ready for another season. And, of course, they will be the team to beat in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Right now it's all about, it seems like, who can be consistently number two because Jackson State women, they really are the cream of the crop. Southern University football is set to uh, have a 60-play scrimmage after today's practice. And I, I was scheduled to have uh, Jim Klein-Peter on, but, uh, hey, I made a mistake. I have to admit it. I, I put the wrong time for him to come on. Um, we're going to get him to talk about um, set up the scrimmage for today. But Coach Dooley has stated that he wants to settle the quarterback situation at the end of spring. Now, I do know the first quarterback that's been taking the snaps in spring practice has been uh, Bashan McCray, a, a junior college All-American from Hines Community College. Taking the second, uh, with working with the second team has been Bubba McDaniels and then Harold Blood, number three. The Jaguars, um, offensively, they're going to be different. They're going to be more pass-heavy, but they're going to be balanced. Under Coach Odoms, under Coach Rollins, it's, it's, it was a run first, then pass second. So you can see from some of the footage that has been released, it's up-tempo. They're really up-tempo, and the quarterback, as Coach Duda said, in this offense is not to manage the game, but to make plays, and they run a lot of RPO, or RPOs, excuse me. So they're going to have a 60-play scrimmage. And then the following or uh, their next scrimmage, he wants to have a just a full game scrimmage. Also, some other news and notes: uh, Jordan Lewis, who you know was injured on and off last season, uh, the Buchanan Award winner for the spring, didn't have a, a, a very good fall season because of that and some other issues. Coach Dooley says he has done everything they've asked of him, and he has really been looking good. And Coach Dooley interesting wants to have Jordan Lewis up to 225 pounds, Charles, for this upcoming season. And then 
from a secondary standpoint, he's very pleased. They brought in a lot of kids from the transfer portal. Um, quality depth is what they're looking for at defensive line. Linebackers, I think they're pleased so far. They still have a long ways to go, but the spring is just for that. I still believe a lot of championships are built in the spring. But, Charles, a lot of the teams in the conferences, if they have not started spring, the spring session, they're, they're getting ready to. Yeah, Alcorn started theirs uh, on Thursday. Um, and so, and actually, the spring schedule was released uh, early in the week. We had some bad weather early in the week. The schedule was accelerated the last couple of days. Um, as a matter of fact, I was out there this morning, and it's very loud, very boisterous, and very much up tempo. Um, from what I can see, Fred McNair is animated. Fred McNair is in it. He he wants to get his program back to where they belong, and he, he's starting from day one in camp because we came up short last year, wasn't up to the expectations for various reasons. But Fred McNair's all in it as far as the spring is concerned. He's he's all over the place. And I think clearly, you know, in years past, you can kind of get see it's business as usual. It's just going about our business. But there's so much that has changed. You know, we've got the quarterback position still up for grabs. we got a new defensive coordinator, Cedric Thomas, who was at Alcorn before. Cedric Thomas was the head coach at UAPB for a short period of time, coming back home before he went to USM then was on the JUCO circuit. Now he's back at defensive coordinators, got some defensive, new defensive coaches that he's got to try to work in. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this Braves program, Carlos, a lot of things to put together. So there's no time to waste. Got to find a quarterback, got to find a backup, got to get the defensive schemes there with Coach Thomas. A lot to unpack. Got a new kicker. You got you got Rubens Bopline, who's, who's no longer there, and uh, I think at Southern University, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I think that's correct, Charles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's there's a lot to there's a lot of work to be done with this Braves program, but I have no doubt that Fred McNair can get it done and figure it out in this time frame here in the spring. We just started in the last few days, but a lot of work to do. You know, Charles, I was talking to someone uh, this past week, and. We're talking about Alcorn State and, and Coach McNair and the success he's had, but no one is really talking about Alcorn. But, you know, I'm always looking at Alcorn. I got one eye on Southern, <laughs> one eye on Alcorn. And um, I, I understand. I think he wants to – it wasn't ex, uh, acceptable last year. And he wants to get in. And you, you mentioned that he's fiery and he's on – you know what? That's the way to be. And, and when you're looking at within the conference – Jadura Sanders, he's back. But a lot of the teams at the conference, they're going to be breaking in new quarterbacks, you know, Southern included. I, I believe McCray will – it's his job to lose, just, just my opinion. So it will be interesting to see how spring practice goes for everyone. And then as you get ready for summer conditioning and then you get ready for the fall, I, I think the stakes are high. The pressure is high for all the teams, and if you're not careful, you don't want to have uh, two below-par seasons in a row. Then you'll have the alumni, and then you, you'll have the director of athletics and uh, the people of influence looking at you from a critical aspect. So with that being said, Southern University uh, set to uh, have a 60-play scrimmage. 
after practice today should start around maybe 3.30ish for Southern University. And um, we'll have a report uh, next week. With that being said, I want to show some love to uh, I appreciate everyone that's uh, you know, watching. Uh, Keith Martin, good morning, Carlos and Charles, good morning. Uh, Willie Bolden, Chuck Hunt, Jamar Scott. He says, great morning to Carlos Brown, Shell and Charles Edmund, Chuck Hunt, Avis Heath. Gotta love Avis Heath. You gotta love him. Uh, just want to show some love. And, and uh, let's, let's make a couple of comments right quick. Uh, Chuck says, JSU had Kim Mulkey sweating, which she was coming out of her jacket. And, you know, back to the comments and, and on social media, some were saying they didn't like the comments. Um, and, you know, Charles, Prairie View had a women's basketball coach, and, and I believe Prairie View played Baylor tough. And the next thing you know, Coach Mokin, who was at Baylor, hires the coach. And now the coach is uh, at, uh, the women's basketball coach at SMU. But, you know, Coach Reed, it, just, just a great job. And once again, I hope she's able, I hope she stays at Jackson State and continue to uh, do the great work. But as we stated, stated a few minutes ago, they're going to come after her as far as her leading a, a women's basketball program. With that being said, if, if that happens, then, of course, you know, Ashley will – I'm sure he has a backup plan. But um, it will be interesting. She has done an outstanding job. At Jackson State. I guess I can't give her enough kudos, Charles. Enough <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, I, I mean, she she made all of us proud. Jackson State made all of us proud. And just a, an outstanding job. To come back from 17 down, you know, the lead by 10, just a couple of stops and buckets away from pulling away, you know, clearly had the uh, LSU Tiger Nation on, on their heels. And Coach Mulkey, definitely, she was she was concerned. There's There's no doubt about it. But clearly the job that she's done at Jackson State overall, her overall body of work has been outstanding. And not only just the Power 5 programs could be looking at her, we've talked about the SEC and others, but there are some pretty good mid-major programs that probably will be looking at her as well. You know, we've talked about the schools that have shown some interest, but there are other, there are other quality programs too that can pay the money, that have the resources to be able to make that happen as well. And, and look, for Jackson State, I mean, they got some work to do, too, if they want to stay at this high level. I mean, Amisha Williams' holiday is done, um, and you've got some of those backcourt players, those guards that are done. So there's there's some work to do as far as getting and keeping the program, you know, at a high level, like Landon Bussey and the Braves. We lost three great players, two centers. So she's got some work to do if, if the opportunity doesn't come and she stays there. She's got some work to do to be able to build that program and keep it at a high level. You got Coach Sanders' daughter; she committed to play there. You know, she, she she's going to continue to have big in the middle. So now you've got to work those pieces in, and that's going to take some time. So I do think uh, it'll be some work to do. You know, Alabama A and M will be coming. You know, Doriana Lewis. We didn't talk about it. I think Coach Betterway can probably speak to more of it. But Doriana Lewis, one of the best centers we've ever seen in the conference. I think you can say top ten, top fifteen ever. 
one of the best centers ever to play swag women's basketball. She's a COVID year that she could take. Um, and so she can come back another year. And so you look at that, I don't know if she will or not, but she, she does and will be a team to be reckoned with at the state. So I, I think clearly the challenge will be there to keep Jackson State at that high level because some other teams that are right there on the precipice, Bama State, possibly A&M, possibly Grambling, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. If she stays, it's going to be a challenge to remain at that high level. Well, and, and I saw she had a, a young lady, her name is, escapes me right now, but she transferred in from USC. And I know she loves to have those post players. I have the utmost confidence that if she's there, she'll get the job done. Now, everyone else, it's, it's going to be their job to try to come up and, and be competitive against Jackson State. Now, I, I know it's one on the court. I understand that. But the way she's built that program, it, it, it's going to be tough. And I, and I believe someone, and let me see if I can find it. Um, and I, I don't know if I read it already. But uh, Willie says, Willie both says, everyone better start recruiting to compete with JSU. In turn, you will be able to compete with Power Fives and mid-majors. So the bar has been raised. The bar has been set by Coach Reed. Now it is up to everyone else to elevate their program. And it's recruiting. And another thing I like about Coach Reed, they make adjustments. And not just at halftime. They made adjustments before halftime. Um, just a tremendous job. And um, we, we've often said how competitive it has been in the Southwestern Athletic Conference in women's basketball. JSU now is clearly in the lead. Let's see if the other programs, the Alabama States, the Alabama A&M's, the Southern Universities, the Grambling, can they up their level as well? Charles, we'll take a quick timeout. When I come back in a few minutes, I'm scheduled to talk with Coach Darrell Asbury, head football coach at Southern Lab in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He has two of his student athletes, former players. They're going to be playing for Southern University. We'll talk about that. Also, his expectations uh, for for Southern Lab in 2022, the fall season. They uh, won a state championships and, and won a, and boy, you got the select, non-select. We'll, we'll talk all about that in Louisiana as well. <laughs> Going to take a quick time out. I'm going to come back in a few minutes, schedule to talk with Coach Darrell Asbury. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. 
Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track to tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajestees.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangoes Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching say Make this for my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Hey, hey motivation Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Vanilla Smoked Sea Salt Seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the time. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm solo right now, <laughs> still trying to uh, transition to a couple of guests. Uh, Jim Klein, Peter, who was scheduled to join me uh, then during the break. He says he was able to join me. Hopefully we'll be able to get him on, as well as Coach Daryl Asbury. And hopefully we'll get Charles Edmund back here on the Coles Brown Show. Let me switch a little bit to uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference and SWAT Baseball. Right now, in the standings, and, it, and it's still early, it's still early, Bethune-Cookman uh, leading the Eastern Division. They're undefeated. They swept Jackson State last weekend. Then Alabama State, who hosted uh, FAMU, they swept 
uh, FAMU. They're three and one. Mississippi Valley State, two and two. Alabama A&M, two and two in the Eastern Division. FAMU, one and three. And then Jackson State, zero and four. Jackson State is on the road again at Alabama A&M. They dropped the first game of that series. And, and, and I guess Coach Omar Johnson, and they're, they're trying to figure things out. But if we uh, remember the uh, prognosticators who basically said Jackson State would represent the Eastern Division, Southern University would represent the Western Division. And right now, both teams are struggling. Jackson State bringing up the rear, uh, zero and four. Now, they've been on the road for their opening two series. But Bethune-Cookman right now got a chance to see them against, you know, LSU in a non-conference series. Right now, they're leading the Eastern Division, 4-0, Alabama State 3-1. But, again, it's still early, and you still have a long conference season ahead of you. Now, in the Western Division, uh, Texas Southern leading – the Western Division, 4-0 in conference play. Then Prairie View and m 2-2. Grambling State, 2-2. Two two. Southern University, 2-2. Two two. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 2-3. And, and Alcorn State, 0-4. and four. If we're able to get Charles Etman back on, he talked about Alcorn State baseball, a new coach, um, getting a late start. And Texas Southern, basically, wow. Last weekend, they put up some runs, and it, it's a tough situation. And I remember last week talking about um, all-court state goal is to get better. Every time they go out and participate to get better. But, Charles, it, it, it was tough in Lorman last week for all-court state, but they're 0-4. and four. But what I was saying was Jackson State, 0-4, and four, but then Cookman 4-0, and Texas Southern 4-0. It's still early in the SWAC Conference baseball race, but boy, uh, Jackson State struggling. We expected Alcorn State to struggle. And the Western Division, uh, you got a lot of teams right in the middle of the pack so far. What are your uh, thoughts on this early SWAC baseball season? Well, I'm going to start with the Braves because I, I've been reading on social media, some fans, some of our fans are a little getting a little impatient with the with the high-scoring, one-sided, lopsided scores. And uh, I did an interview uh, with Coach Williams when he first arrived his first week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repost that interview. But just to, just to summarize his situation, first of all, he was, a, he was hired in August, okay, right before students mm-hmm. came back on campus. So it was a late hire for the baseball cycle. All right. When he arrived and he assessed the program and he and he had players show up that played on the team last year, he had 15 players. He didn't have a catcher. Um, and so he's got a few more than that now as we're into the season. But he, he has basically two catchers and you got a lot of guys playing out of position right now. You got outfielders pitching. You got pitchers that are outfielders. Heck, even he asked me if I had any eligibility left. I'm 54 years old. I mean, of course, he said that in tongue in cheek, but wow, wow, yeah, <laughs> he looked at me and said, "You got any more eligibility left?" And uh, he said that after the game last week. 
So I think if if fans just kind of step back a little bit and take the time to understand what he's going through right now, it's brutal. It's rough. It's tough. I've never been involved in a 32 to one game. Um, and I talked with Mike Robb last week and he, and he sympathizes with what coach Williams is going through. He, he claims that his first year at Prairie View, he was going through exactly the same thing. You know, you come in late, you're hired late in the process and you only got a handful of players and you got to build it. So he went through the same brutal deal that what coach Williams is going through right now. But I will say this about coach Williams and, and talking about the Texas Southern series. He wants you to play the game the right way. He, he didn't particularly care about how the game got out of hand and folks were still trying to steal bases last week. You know, I think that, that, that part of it, the gamesmanship of it, he didn't particularly care for. I mean, when it's 20 to one, when it's 15 to one, you don't necessarily have to go through all that. And so he didn't appreciate that. Um, and, and I get it, you know, you, you're up big and you, you're putting in players in the game that normally don't play and when you're winning that big and they want to make a splash, I get all that. But there's a gamesmanship to it. There are some written rules that Coach you know, Coach Williams talked about. He's frustrated, but he wants his team to play the game the right way. He wants the hustle to still be there. He wants – he wants you to give it all you got for 27 outs, despite the score. And I know that's tough to do. So that's just how he is. I just hope Braves fans continue to be patient because he did arrive late in the process, and he doesn't have a lot of players. Now, there is some interest in the program, some players that I posted on social media that will commit for next year. But it's going to be a rough go this year, it's rough to where we might not even make the tournament. It may be tough to win a game. But this team is continuing to play and continuing to fight. And he, he wants his team to fight and hustle, hustle after ground balls, hustle down the line. If not, you won't be in there. And I think that's what he's looking at, just to continue to fight and hustle, because he's fighting and hustling for his team. Well, a, a, a tough start uh, in conference play, tough start for all-court state baseball. But I, I kind of expected that from the outside looking in. But now, what I didn't expect, Jackson State, 0-4. and four. Alabama A&M improving. Um, they lost the opening game of that series, so now Jackson State's looking at 0-4. and four. I, I think they're the most disappointing team so far, although it's still early and they could uh, make a serious comeback. But, hey, Bethune-Cookman seems to be the class of – the league so far, but I'm sure Texas Southern will have something to say about that. But Jackson State struggles. Yes, uh, I think I think Jackson State struggles is pitching right now. You know they had a seven to one lead, I believe, last week against Bethune Cookman and lost nine to eight in extra innings. And if you just, I mean, Jackson State can score as many runs as they want to score. They've got enough hitting to be able to, to get it done. But it's always been the one knock on Jackson State has been pitching. Once you get into that bullpen, it, it, it really falls off. And I think clearly that's the case again. Um, you have a 7-1 to lead on the road, you got to be able to finish the deal. And they have not been able to finish the deal. So I think that's probably more of a glaring issue for Jackson State this year because of all the bats they lost from last year's team that went 24-0 and and made it all the way to the championship game and let it get away in the last couple of innings. Um, I think that's the problem with Jackson State. They are disappointing, 
but I think the pitching is probably even more of a disappointment because they can't hold leads and it's a struggle. And so if you got to score a ton of runs every time and you don't have the bats that you've had in, in years past, it's going to be even tougher. So I think that's what Jackson State's dealing with right now. Charles, couldn't we say that about several teams in the conference? I, I mean, looking at Southern against uh, Houston in the midweek game, starters doing very well. When they go to the bullpen, boom, disaster. So can we say that about some of the teams – facing the same situation as Jackson State. And then if we look ahead, me and you have been to some NCAA uh, regionals. Same thing. You have a pitcher that's given a great performance. You go to the bullpen, boom, disaster. Uh, I'm not going to say that about every team. I, I think for Jackson State, it's to me, and I look at a team like Alabama State, for example. Alabama State is a team that's not going to score a ton of runs. They may score four or five. They're going to win five to three because their starters are good, their middle relief is good, and their bullpen will close the door. But for Jackson State, this has been a problem for a while. And it's just it get it doesn't get looked at because they score so many runs that they just like last year, they just they, they just beat the life out of you. And they just they 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 force you to pretty much give up because they're scoring 10, 11, 12, 13 runs. And you can't match that. So, therefore, you can get away with keeping your pitchers in because you know that you've got enough bats to be able to score as many runs as you need. But this year is kind of different. This year, they might not have the bats, and then the pitching is kind of the same. So it kind of catches up with you. But I don't think a lot of teams are in that category. I think from what I saw with Texas Southern, I think Texas Southern's bullpen is pretty stout. Um, I think Southern's still trying to work it out. I think Grambling's a team that can score a ton of runs. But just we were talking about Jackson State. It's been an issue, I think, in my opinion, for years now. And it just it hadn't caught up with them quite as much because they scored a bunch. But this year, they're not scoring as much, but the bullpen's still the same. The pitching is still the same. So it's caught up with them a little bit this year. And, you know, Jackson State's got to be careful with FAMU and Bethune coming in. Bethune is really playing well. FAMU's no gimme. And, of course, Valley's playing a little bit better. I think that's the other thing. Valley is a little bit improved with a first-year coach. So Jackson State better get it going. The state's not going to be a pushover. Jackson State better be careful because they can go from where they were last year to maybe not even making the tournament. And they've lost four in a row. And I can't remember the last time they've lost four conference games in a row. Well, they get an opportunity to try to win the series. But to do that, Talk about Jack State. They've got to win today, and then they've got to win uh, Sunday. Ralph says pitching is a problem in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And, you know, what's the saying? Quality versus quantity? I think you got to have a little bit of both. And I, I think with, with Jackson State, they'll have an opportunity to kind of try to fix that problem. But, again, I've seen Southern a couple of games this year. I mean, when they go to the bullpen, it has not been kind to Southern University. They've had some leads. And then also, once again, I go back, not to get ahead of myself, but when you get into regional play, you know, unless that pitcher can give you six, seven, eight strong innings, when you go to the bullpen, that has to be developed. And 
I've just seen that over the years. You're more of a baseball guru than me, Charles, but I'm just looking ahead. I know we are talking specifically about Jackson State, but I, I still think you can go. Not every team in this conference, but some teams in this conference, they have to develop and get the best that they can out of their bullpen. Because sometimes your starter, your starter may not have it. Sometimes an injury. I was watching a baseball game the other, other day, a, a, a terrific starter. He had an injury. They went to the bullpen. They did not get the quality uh, pitching as they went into uh, of the bullpen. But I, I just think overall, in a basic generic term, a term, I think the bullpen, I would love to have a, a, a very good bullpen that I can rely on to come in to give me some you know, two or three innings. Let me ask you this, Charles. From in your opinion, if you have a starter, and I've seen it over the years, I've seen starters go six, seven, eight innings. What do you think most coaches try to get out of their starting pitchers? How many innings? Six. If if you mm-hmm. can if you can get seventh inning, you've done your job. Because then you got short relief, then you got closers. So if you can give your team six good innings, you've done your job. Now, to your point, if there's one coach in the in this conference that had the blueprint and had it right, it was Mervell Melendez when he was at Alabama State. If you looked at that roster when he was there, he had probably more pitchers than he had hitters because he could catch up any way you want. He had enough arms. You talk about quality and quantity. He had that. You know, he had very few bats, but the bats that he had were very, very productive and very potent. But if you look at the stats, you looked at the stat sheet and you saw the number of players that he had pitchers, you probably had 12, 13 pitchers because he had pitchers for every situation. And he got good solid pitching, getting into the sixth inning, getting into the seventh inning. And he had guys that can face one batter or he had guys that can that can give you four innings in relief or he can have you a guy that can give you two innings and close the door. So I think Melendez had it right, and I think other teams haven't been able to kind of match that, and that's why Melendez was so successful at Bama State. He didn't have to score ten runs. He can beat you six to four, and it's boring. It's not what fans like, but that's the blueprint to success, and that's why he was so good at Bethune-Cookman, and that's why he was so good at Bama State. And really there hasn't been a team in this league that has been able to match that. We're kind of a slugger conference. We like to slug our way to the title. It, it doesn't happen. You've got to be able to slow teams down. And good pitching always mm-hmm. trumps good hitting. That's the baseball edge. And that is so true. I mean, because, you know, you look at last year in Jackson State, they had a 13-1 to lead against Grambling in the semifinals and, and lost the lead. They won the game. But that caught up with them eventually. So I think that's, that's kind of the issue right now. You've got to be able to get arms and you got to be able to keep people off base and you got to be able to pitch your way through it. And right now, I think that's still kind of a work in progress for a lot of our teams. But for Jackson State specifically, they're so potent. Mm-hmm. They've been so potent at the plate. They can just score so many runs. And so what Omar Johnson likes to do is milk his starting pitching for all his work. He knows if you get past that second or third bullpen guy, he's in trouble. And I think this year you're seeing that because he's not scoring quite as many runs. So Omar's got to figure it out. And I think he will. 
And I, I have a lot of faith in him that he can get it done, but it definitely is not the same team that he's had in the past. Yeah, zero and four in the Eastern Division. But, hey, if they could take two of the next two remaining games, they win the series two games to one. And, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, I, I know you have, you said six innings, your starter can go. Then you have a middle relief. If he can give you like two innings, then you've got a closer that can come in and lock down, especially, of course, you, you, you have the lead. But maybe I'm thinking about Major League Baseball. But uh, I, I still think that is something that everybody can get better with in the conference, you know, building a good quality bullpen. And I understand, you know, the, you don't have that many scholarships to offer in baseball, and that, that may hinder uh, uh, some of it. But uh, Texas Southern, 4-0, Bethune-Cookman, 4-0. In two weeks, we'll check again, and we'll see if Texas Southern and Bethune-Cookman are still leading. I'm going to say I think Bethune-Cookman is the real deal. Alabama State is a, a close second. Jackson State, we'll see. Um, what they've done in the past, you just can't count them out. Southern University is trying to find themselves. Grambling State, two and two. Southern, two and two. Um, Southern dropped two of three to Arkansas Pine Bluff. They won the first game of the series, 11 to six. Ah, we'll see. I think it's going to be some tremendous battles. And uh, Bethune Cookman, I would say right now, is the class of the league, but it's still early. Yep, absolutely. I mean, even our coach Reginald Williams said it. You know, we've only played about 10% of conference games. And, yeah, we, we lost three to Texas Southern in a big way, but there's a lot of games left. A lot of things can happen. So I'm not I'm not panicking right now. Let's, let's, let's check back in about three weeks and let these series commence and, let, and let's see where we are at, at that point. But clearly, I think just looking at Texas Southern, Mike Robb's got a pretty good team. I mean, they can score a bunch of runs, but, of course – you know, for us, it, it, it's kind of hard to say because we're we're kind of being at pitching. But let's let's see how things evolve here. You know, I, I think if, with Jackson State not being the same, I think Bethune, I think Bama State. That's a huge series down there as well. I think Bethune, Bama State, big series. So um, let's let's talk back in three weeks, and we'll kind of be able to shake this thing a little bit more. Well, you ought to see the conversation that's going in the chat room. Um, I'll paraphrase it like this. They believe Texas Southern don't be fooled about uh, being in first place. In two weeks, they're saying they think Texas Southern will not be in first place. And I guess they're saying because Alcorn State is struggling so bad, let's, let's not harp on them being 4-0. and zero. But we'll, we'll come back and see in two or three weeks and see whether uh, uh, standings are. Charles, I know you have to leave now, getting ready for a, a doubleheader in softball. Closing comments for you? Hey, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how spring ball is, is, is going to spring football is going to evolve. Uh, it, it's that time. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how these teams, uh, how these teams evolve. And, and look, we didn't talk about men's basketball. I'm sure you're going to talk about this with Coach Petaway. There's going to be a lot of conversation in the offseason real quickly because you got new coaches on the men's side, and then you got some guys in the transfer portal. Some of the top players on the men's side have transferred. McKinnis of Jackson State, 
transferring. Mm -hmm. uh, Et, one of the best guards in the conference at Texas Southern's transferring. Jalen Johnson, one of the big men at Alabama A&M's transferring. You got new coaches, so I'm sure Coach Petaway will talk about it. But it's going to be some interesting uh, developments on the men's side in basketball during this off season to see how these new coaches and now some of these top players moving on. Well, Charles, free agents has come to college athletics and meaning the transfer portal. I'm not shocked at what I see. Constantly, someone's always leaving. Someone's always coming in. We have now opened up Pandora's box. It'll be some good things that'll happen. You'll be disappointed sometimes, but um, I'll pass it on to Coach Petaway. He's scheduled to join me next. Of other things we're going to discuss. But uh, Charles, have a great broadcast. Look forward to talking with you next week. Everybody be safe out there, Carlos. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Be safe. That was Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Going to take a break. When I come back, I'm scheduled to visit with Coach Van Petaway. During the break, I'll check and see on Coach Asbury and Jim Klein-Peter. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties. 
an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Say, hey, this for my people That don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Hey, hey Motivation For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me by the day Across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Say, hey, this for my people That don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me by the floor Across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Say, hey, 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 hey. Motivation. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now, twelve oh eight. At Central Standard Time, guess number two. Coach Van Petaway joins the Carlos Brown Show. Coach Petaway, good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Carlos. I'm happy to be here, man. It's a gorgeous day in Huntsville, Alabama. It's springtime, a little windy outside, but we're having a great day here. What's going to be the temperature today? Give me a weather report. What's the high in Huntsville today? Well, for us, we'll get up in the about 65. That's the best we're going to do today. Mm, how Would you like uh, 72? Oh, yeah, I would love that. I bet you that's what you got down there in, in Louisiana. <laughs> that's right, Coach. Um, but, boy, it was uh, some storms, a stormy week uh, this yep. past week uh, with, with, with that cold front. And uh, Charles Edmund, who was our guest in our number one, he kind of got some damage. To, uh, to his house, but um, they were able to make it through, and that's the great thing. You can replace the material things, but you right. cannot replace uh, the life. But, yeah, 72 degrees here, Coach. A lot to talk about with you. Oh, so yeah. we're going to work hard today. First and foremost, Jackson State win. 
Lost to LSU 83 to 77. But um, your thoughts on, on Jackson State women, Coach Reed, and that staff and players? I, I really enjoyed watching that team play this year. Uh, I thought they represented the SWAC well. They represented themselves well. Even though they didn't win that game, I mean, you, we as coaches don't like to take more victories away. But I'm, I'm looking at that as a stepping stone. I think what they established this year uh, on the court in the SWAC and then in the playoffs – uh, in, in that NC2A uh, game against LSU was just a, a stepping block. I was real proud of them. I thought uh, Maya Crump played an outstanding basketball game. Uh, Williams, Amisha uh, Williams Holiday, I thought she was strong with a double double. Lucky played a, a good game. And then also uh, Deja Rogan, she had a great game. So, you know, they, their players played. I thought they had the momentum. You know, to have LSU on the ropes, a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, I, I thought they played tremendous basketball. Coach Reed and her staff, they did an outstanding uh, job all year long. And I, I honestly believe that they represented the, the SWAC real well, even though we didn't win that ball game. And I'm proud of them. And I look forward to the future. And I hope Jackson State does the right thing to make sure that they, they, keep, they do what they need to do to keep Ms. Reed, Coach Reed there. Well, Coach, I'm going to come back to that in my notes because she is a high quality right now. Uh, back specifically to the game, I said in hour number one, I, Coach Reed and that staff, they make adjustments pretty much on the fly. Not, they make adjustments at halftime, but to be down 20, well, to be down 47 to 30 and then go on a 28 to 10 run, in most cases, some teams – that would have been it, down by 17, but they were able to come back and take a one-point lead going to the fourth, then up by by 10, and they they were that close. Leaving off the court, looking at a facial expression, Coach Reed, she seemed disappointed, but she that was the face of a warrior. Right. And that staff, and, 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 and the crowd gave them a, a standing ovation because they, they did a great job. Now, with that being said, she is a hot commodity. I read this morning that um, her name is mentioned uh, with the University of Georgia. I know there was some talk about Ole Miss. And I, I was talking to some Jackson State alums um, a couple of days ago, and, and their thing was Ashley's going to do whatever it takes. Ashley Robinson, the director of athletics at JSU, to get it done. But, Coach, how do you go? And, and, and let me say this, Coach. I hope she stays because I think she still has some some other benchmarks. One, one in particular, being that to win a tournament game, she was that close. And then, coach, she talked about the blueprint after losing to Baylor, and I think they lost one hundred one to fifty one or something like that. She went in and built or rebuilt or added to her team. After that defeat, and boy, they're they're so co close, coach. Right, yeah. she she has an awesome program, not just a team, because you know when you look at what mm -hmm. she did back to back in the SWAC the last two years, that that let that lets you know that uh, you know they still got some more growing to do. She in it for the long haul. I, I know her name has been mentioned in the Georgia Georgia just announced they did hire somebody from uh, I think from. Uh, I think the young lady was at uh, UCF school out of Florida. So uh, mm -hmm. 
her name was in was in the pot for that, but I don't think she did not get the Georgia job. But there'll be other people that'll be knocking on her door because they see what she's done. They see how right. she has built a program, and and uh, she's gonna make someone proud. And I just hope for the conference sake that it's still at Jackson State because she's done a remarkable job. And when you talk about them being down by seventeen, she got up, she got the tech, she let her players know that she was fighting for them. And once those players saw that she took that. That tech for the team, man, they marched on. That's when they went on that 22 to 10 run. So she has shown that uh, she knows what to do. Her and her staff, they are doing an excellent job. And I hope they stay together. She can keep that staff together. She's got a good nucleus coming back. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna miss uh, Williams Holiday, but they got some good players on that team. And from what I understand, they got a terrific young lady sitting out. So I, I think Jackson State women's basketball program We'll be back, and I know Coach uh, Ashley will do what what's necessary to keep her in that blue and white for Jackson State. Coach, which is most important, a salary increase, an extension, or both are, and then see some other perks that you could add in there? Both. Anytime that you can improve yourself and your staff, you, you, you want to do that. So w- whatever you can get to improve your situation as a coach and for your staff, I think you want to do that. Well, and that's that's in terms of, of uh, length on your contract and monetary value or things for uh, perks for the program. So that that's 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 a win win situation. So you want both of those. And I think uh, Ashley Robinson has proven that he's one of the forward thinking people in this league. So I think he'll do the right thing. He'll do what it takes to keep her there. And I think she wants to be and, there in the first place. I think that's what's important. She wants to be there. Yeah, and I understand that. Like I said, I, I, I hope she uh, continues to be at Jackson State um, as as long as she uh, wants to, yeah. to, to right. be there. Right. And, and then – as far as the staff, and a lot of times we, we don't talk about the assistants and um, for a good quality staff, when you were in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, it's the head coach, associate head coach. How, how many assistants is necessary to, to, to be successful? Give me a number. Well, I, they, 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 need, they need a full staff. You, you want to have your three assistants and a graduate and then now we're actually now they're going to a uh, operational person. You need a full staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, unfortunately for me now, I only had the most I've ever had was two paid coaches. You know, anybody else? Well, that's old staff. school. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, that yeah. was old school. Uh, but you need a full staff because there's so so many different things that goes on to have a, a good basketball program. You need the help. And and then here we are in the squack talking about. Having a full staff, when you when you pick pull up, you look at the teams that are in the Elite Eight and uh, for for the men, the, some of these programs got uh, ten people on the staff. You know they, they got other coaches, they got a now uh, analyst, they got they got director player personnel, they they got player development, they create all these titles, they got all these people. You got all these eyes with experience going up against us with two coaches. You know, you, you the more eyes, the more ideas that they can throw at you. Now it's only two two of us, or a total of three, against 10 or 12. You know, that makes a difference. So 
You need that for, for full-time, big-time basketball. You need a full staff. A full staff, yeah. I, I, I would agree. And, and, Coach, speaking of a full staff, I, I had never really heard Coach. of St. Peter's. Yeah. Can you hear me, Coach? St. Coach, can you hear me? St. Peter's. I was talking. I was talking about St. Peter's. I had never heard of them, and now a 15 seed, then the Elite Eight with a chance to make it to the Final Four. March Madness, really? That's what is. That's the nickname, March Madness. We're seeing so many uh, lower seeds doing very well. Coach, why? Why do you think this is happening now? Well, parity. You got you got parity. Uh, you know, the big schools can't sit on all the players now, and and th there are a lot of reasons for the parity. Number one, I think it's because of the portal, kids being able to have more choices. So some of the some of the lower seeds are getting better players now, and uh, it, it's paying off. My my bracket's a total wreck because these lower ranked teams have have had some. I've only got one team left in play uh, out of my bracket, and that's uh, Kansas is the only team I had uh, going to the Final Four. That's the only team left. So uh, it, I think it's great for college basketball to have the parity. But I think two, two things that are hurting us right now, the transport portal and that NIL, I, I, think, I think it's going to hurt us before, it gets before it's better. Because you got kids Coach, why, right now, why they're, you... they're leaving left and right. And, and when you look at the swag, you know, Alabama a has got four kids in Portland. They, that was a program on the rise, and now they got their mm -hmm. best players and three other players that are in, in the portal. Uh, Alabama State has a number of kids in the portal. Prairie View. I, I, I don't know of any school right now that has not been affected by the portal. And that's tough. That's tough. Wow. Because you spend so, time with these kids. Yep. You work with these kids. And then for whatever reason, they decide at the end of the season that they want to test the waters. All it is is free agency. It's free agency mm -hmm. without a big time contract. That's all it is. Yeah. That's kind of the way I turned it in our number one. And it's going to be a lot of coming and goings um back to the um nil it you you said it, it it's going to hurt in the transfer portal for hbcus and i know some universities are uh, working on having a program is it a case of the haves and the have-nots or is it a case where hbcus if they organize right and, and, and they do it in the right way they'll have an opportunity to elevate that particular program, or is it going to be too tough if you're trying to compare them wow. going against uh, Power Fives? Were you able to hear me, Coach? Let's do this. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, it'll be more of the Colos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. 
Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajestees.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Continue to visit with Coach Van Petaway here on the show. Coach Petaway, I want to pick it back up with the transfer portal and NIL. Uh, you basically said it can be helpful, but it also can hurt HBCUs. Explain that a little bit further in your opinion. Well, I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think any of us, I mean, we all know this, and we're not going to be able to compete with the Power Fives when it comes to the NIL. Let's start with the NIL. We, I think the best deals on the HBCU level, we've got to get deals for the entire department, not just one sport or two sports. I think if for, in order for the thing to really help and do right, we got to get deals where the university does something for all the athletes. That's how you keep morale. That's how you keep things uh, moving in the right direction. And, you know, you still got to think about Title IX. So that's why, to me, the best deals are. Well, Coach, I think, um, can you hear me? Are you still there? We have lost you again. Um, he was talking about uh, the NIL deals and having it not specifically for one sport, but for all student athletes. And then, of course, he talked about Title IX being an important uh, situation as far as keeping – everyone happy. Um, I wanted to talk, and if we, we get Coach Petaway back, um, I want to talk about the number one seeds are almost gone again. Um, and then also, uh, back to St. Peter's, and I'm, I'm going to see if Coach Petaway, uh, what he thinks of their style of, of play and, and just the success they've had as a 15th seed and now in the Elite Eight. And, of course, they'll play tomorrow. And if they are able to win, St. Peter's is in, in, in the Final Four, Coach Petaway. But St. Right. Peter's, I, a, 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 an enjoyment to watch. And what offense that they're, they're running? It seems like a, a, it's a motion, but almost like a, a, a weave. But I'll stick with the motion offense. Right. I, I think they're running a weave. They run a, a variation of the weave drive, driving uh uh, and mm -hmm. pitch, and what they're doing, man, with those four guards, they're getting after people. They, they create tough matchups. See, you, they have trouble defending people, but you got to defend them. And when they put four guards on the floor, yeah, I, uh, it's an awesome thing. And they're doing a great job. And of course, uh, I can tell you this: when that season's over, with, coach won't be there anymore. He, you know, they, he's got other people. <laughs> he'll probably end up going. On. I, I think you'll end up at at. Uh, that example, I think he'll go to Seton Hall. That that's open. Wow. That's well, where he played. Yep, and they're not in a hurry to try to fill that job. So I think they're waiting on his season to be over, and he deserves it. Well, coach, he deserves. Yeah, it. you're you're right, coach, and I think he'll still be in the state of New Jersey. There, right? <laughs> With Seton right. Hall. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I th I think you mentioned uh, Kansas, uh, the last number one. Seed uh, left March Madness. The true, it's truly 
madness. You talked about parity, but oh man, these, these lower these lower seeds. I mean, y'all always go for the underdog, but my goodness, they they they've done a they've done a great job. Right, they're they're getting it done, and I'm looking forward to uh, being at the, being in New Orleans, uh, seeing the atmosphere again, and, and 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 just seeing all the festivities. It's great to have college basketball back, and this March Madness is is like no other on the men and women's side. It, it's real exciting, and I think when you looked at the when they were doing the ratings this year, they said that the ratings are up. So that means that the fans are coming out. They like the product that's on the floor. And all we got to do is, as coaches, we got to continue to 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 build our brand, build our product. Um, yeah, I think up 15, 18% women's term. Right. That that was yep. really surprising. And and you know, you look at the women's play. I enjoy watching them. They're fundamentally sound. They they don't play above the rim, but you can actually see the development. Like I'm watching. You know, Jackson State and LSU women. I, and I thought that guard play was terrific because the, the the big lady in the post, the post players, they have to count on someone getting the ball to them. But they often say in, 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 on the college level, Coach, the guard play is so important. Right. And then when you have somebody like Myra Crump, man, she can put that thing on the floor. And then I'm gonna tell you one one player everybody better look out next year, uh, Deja mm-hmm. Wooder. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. See, other people I watch rebounding and stuff like that. That young lady went up and, and she got some out the air. Man, she touched the rim a couple of times on uh, jumping during that game. So the the women's game is very exciting. Uh, I just finished watching North Carolina State take care of Notre Dame uh, in a very close game, 66 to 63. I love women's college basketball. I, I watched the Tennessee Lady Balls the other day, uh, the other night, come back to win their game. So the, the playoffs on both sides is great. It's a great time to be a, a fan of college basketball. Now, speaking of college basketball, what we're talking about, now, Coach, I, I, I want to – and this involves my team, and I want to count on your experience because because I'm worried. In the NBA, Jimmy Butler, an alpha dog, a, a, a team yep. leader, one of the team leaders. Coach Spo is the other actor in this play. And then Udonis Haslam, who's been there forever. He's a, a total team player, probably will move into management when his playing days are over. They got into an altercation. They're not playing well. They lost now three to the road. Two games to teams that were undermanned, Philadelphia and Golden State, and then they lost to the Knicks. Talk about that, and then I'm going to follow that up with when you were coaching, and I just have to ask this, Coach, did you ever have a situation like that where a player um, loses control and, and talks back, gets after Coach Petaway? Right. That That's a part of it. What, what you saw happen to Miami mm-hmm. – that happens uh, just about on every team at some point because they are all competitors. They want to win. And when things aren't going right, uh, you, you, you know, your emotions are already at a great high because you put so much into the game. And a lot of times that will happen between players. Now, uh, Udonis and, and Butler, yes, 
But now when it turned to the head coach, you know, that, that was a big much, but it does happen. And I think if most coaches would be truthful, they'll tell you that that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've had a player before to challenge me. And and that's a part of it. And he was an alpha dog. I'm an alpha dog. So, uh, and, and when you, <laughs> in real life, when you put two alpha dogs together, they're going to snap at each other. They're going to growl at each other. But, you know, as long as the respect remains, as long as Butler still respects coach when this is over with, then you're okay. That dust up, I, that's great to, for, for me. I like that. That lets you know that all parties are still engaged and they want what's best, and that's to win. So if they can recover from that, that'll happen. When, when it happened to me, that, that's uh, we had a team that, that won a championship after that. So it'll happen when mm -hmm. tempers flare, but you got to always have somebody with a level head, and that's what happened in that situation, and they're moving on. They're still going to play. They got to find out. They got to fix what's wrong. They're in that losing streak. They still number one in the division. They can still Barely. finish number one. They just got to straighten it up. So don't put much into it. Yeah. I know that's your team. I, well, I, I'm glad you made me feel better. But, Coach, I, I can't believe that someone talked back to Coach Padaway because now I, I, I see the guy now who's retired and mild mannered. But I remember the coach that came into the FG Clark Activity Center. I, coach, I don't know if I could could raise a finger to you from what I used to yep. see back in the it's day. Right. It, it, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's going to happen on just about every team, man. That you have a dust up. You know, it happens. Sometimes it happens in practice. Sometimes it'll happen in the game. But long as it does not linger, and and long as the respect is still there, you can move on. You can move on. Mm -hmm. So that that's yeah, just, that's just part of the Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's what has to happen. But they they they've got to play, they've got to play better. And I think they got the Brooklyn uh, Nets tonight. That's a huge matchup because Brooklyn is basically trying to avoid that play in, and and this could be a possible one and eight matchup in in, in the playoffs. And uh, just interesting. And I Brooklyn wanted to get your thoughts. Man. Right, and I think Brooklyn's going to be back in full strength because now Kyrie gets to play uh, at home for the home games. The only thing that they got to hope, they got to hope that they don't get Toronto in the playoff because he still can't play in Canada because mm. he's not vaccinated. So he, so that'll be the only matchup that will hurt them. If he has to go cross that border to go to Canada, he won't be able to play over there. Well, Coach, appreciate the time as Always, you made me feel a little bit better, but I will feel even better if Miami gets a win tonight. Um, right, but, and, um, appreciate and, and before and before we leave, because I didn't get a chance to talk to Charles, and I've been holding on this mm -hmm. for two weeks ever since they played in that NIT game. Tell Charles since I know him and he got so much airtime and pub uh, from the broadcasters <laughs> at the NIT game. Just please let me have his autograph, and you know it. You know, let's do it for old time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, he did get about three or four minutes and um, it, yep. on ESPN and uh, proud of him. He's great. a hard worker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he the more he, he Exactly. And I told him, and I know he wasn't going to say anything back, but uh, I think he'll be a future broadcaster in the Swag Hall of Fame. I think 30-plus years. 
and um, he, he's he's done a great great job. And ma- matter of fact, he's getting ready to do a doubleheader, broadcast a doubleheader right. and softball. So, with that being said, Coach, uh, appreciate you sticking with us here, and um, we'll talk with you again next Saturday. Okay, thanks. Uh, uh, stay safe, and everybody be blessed. Have a great day. Yep. You're absolutely right. Stay blessed and stay safe, Coach. Going to take another quick time out when I come back. B.J. Jones is scheduled to join me inside the HBCU football. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. For my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are, just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world, just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, make this for my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are, just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world, just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, hey, hey. Motivation For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me by the door Across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching say Make this for my people That don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See me by the door Across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people When this classic Bible teaching say hey, 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 Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Vanilla Smoked Sea Salt Seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track.
Welcome back to this final segment of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Final guest of today's show, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. B.J., good afternoon, sir. Hey, man. Good afternoon, Carlos. How's it going? It's going fine, and I must say I I love the uh, outfit you have on, the hooded, the Columbia blue and gold. It looks great. Yes, man. Hey, it took me a minute to uh, completely switch over everything from the royal blue uh, to the Columbia, but I say now I'm about eh, I'm about sixty percent Columbia blue now. Uh oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. well BJ, I want to get it get it up to eighty and ninety percent, but you know there there was a, <laughs> a lot of a lot of discussions on the raw blue versus the Columbia blue. I actually like the Columbia blue. But I know plenty that like the royal blue. So yeah. blue and gold, Columbia blue and gold. Now all we need is a fight zone cranked up, and uh, we'll feel like we're at we A.W. Mumford Stadium. But speaking of A.W. Mumford Stadium, uh, a practice will be, uh, according to my sources, at 1.30, and then a 60-play scrimmage at the end of practice. With that being said, Southern football is in the midst of spring practice from your days of spring practice. And I talked to several people that played on that level, played at Southern, played college football. Spring spring football practice. In your day, I think it was 30 days, now 15. Why does it seem like most uh, football players, they kind of – they're not so – they're not so enthusiastic about spring practice. Why is that? Spring and I'm not saying all summer. Hmm? Yeah, man, spring practice is rough. Um, you know, it, it's 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 job interview. You know, it's, it's your audition. Uh, jobs are won in the spring. Uh, you know, you position yourself uh, on that depth chart uh, based on what you do in the spring. Spring is also physical uh, because you don't have a game uh, to look forward to. Um, so it, it, it is physical, man. And if you get through spring, man, you, you can make it at the collegiate level. Spring's going to be the hardest thing um, that you're going to have to do, um, even even worse than summer camp because, you know, in summer camp, like, I'm not going to bang you up too much because we got a season to play. In the mm-hmm. spring, you get banged up, man. you got months to, you know, to recover. So, man, it, it is physical. Uh, man, the coaches are they're, – they're up and at it. And like I said, it's, it's the job interview. Um, you position yourself. You know, on the dip chart, and, and once you got that job, um, you kind of feel like, oh man, this is, and I wish I could be doing something else. You know, as you, uh, as you have time in the program and have no varsity letters behind your name, you know, it, it almost becomes almost like a nuisance after the first couple of days, man. But and spring is rough. It, it is rough. And, and it's interesting. Now, this is from a guy who's speaking from when spring practice was 30 days, but now it's 15. And, and you know, a guy, I don't mention his name, Derek Price. We, uh, well, every time I see him, I'm always saying, I long for the 30 days again. And he would kind of tell me to get out. Um, those <laughs> days are long gone. And, and with that being said, it's tough. And now with a new coach that's coming back with and Coach Dooley, and it's interesting that you mentioned in an interview. 
in the conversation because that's how he looks at it. Uh, we're looking at, if we start, a quarterback position. And Coach Dooley says he wants it to be settled at the end of about by the time spring ends. And Bashawn McCray has been taking, you know, the first snaps as a quarterback, a junior college quarterback that now is playing, of course, at Southern University. How important is it that that quarterback position be settled by the end of spring? Oh, man, we, we've seen it when it's not settled. It's not a pretty thing. Um, when you have that mm-hmm. guy and you have confidence in that guy, that guy has not only won the team over, but he's won that coaching staff over. And when you know who your leader is, it makes a big, uh, big difference. Uh, sometimes, you know, it may take that guy a while to emerge. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. You may have, you know, several guys that have characteristics of the guy, uh, or you may have, you know, a whole bunch of chickens and no and, and no roosters. Uh, so it, it is case by case. Uh, but hopefully, man, we, we'll know uh, who the guy is. Hearing a lot about uh, McCray and, and how he's looking. Uh, and hear a lot of positives about uh, Harold Blood Jr. Um, and, and how mm-hmm. he's looking this spring. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and a lot of people forget about uh, one Bubba McDaniel, uh, who has been in the program the longest, uh, and, and how he's looking. So I think it's going to be very challenging um, as far as quarterbacks. But one thing about with, with Coach Dooley, he's going to get the best quarterback out there, uh, and he's going to get the best out of whichever young man is going to be taking the snaps. Um, so if you worry about that Southern University offense, trust me, we uh, Coach Dooley's uh, track record, you can put your mind at ease. That offense is going to be humming. And you've already, and I agree with you, and you've already seen um, just from the footage um, that practices are more up-tempo. And as far as the quarterback, and and McCray has been taking the snaps, um, Harold Blood and McCray, in my opinion, because Coach Dooley, with with the the pass-heavy offense, that's going to be balanced. But he also talked about um, not managing the game, per se, but playmakers and the RPOs. My question is, do you believe that this offense fits more so for McCray and Blood? And do you look at McDaniels more as a, uh, a, a just a pocket passer or a typical passer? Um. Mm. Bubba has a little athleticism to him. Um, is he is he gonna run mm-hmm. for a hundred yards and get not seventy plus yards? No, but he has sneaky athleticism. Um, McCray is pro- McCray is probably better suited to run this offense. Uh, he and Ben Blood. Um, this look at McCray's stats. Uh, he's an amazing athlete. Uh, he's almost a cross between Ladarius Skelton and and Bubba put together. Um, you know, he has that arm talent that Bubba has, but he has the athleticism of Ladarius Skelton, and, and that's something that works wonders and, and what uh, Coach Dooley wants to do as far as uh, the offensive philosophy at Southern University. It's going to be interesting, very interesting, and, and, and not trying to squeeze McDaniels out from the outside looking in, but uh, Coach Dooley, in his comments, it, this guy – has to have command of the offense and has to 
make plays and make good decisions. Now, another thing that has come out of uh, spring practice so far, and, and a lot of times you look into ideology, uh, Kobe Dillon and Sims. In previous, under previous coaches, you know, they had to add protection, but now they're going to be more involved in the passing game. And so we've seen what Sims has been able to do, but now you get Kobe uh, Dillon out there, and then you've got some young men, one from your uh, area in Alabama that's coming in, one from the junior college. It's, it's just like you have a lot of toys to play with. It's Christmas Day. Just got to fit yep. that in. But talk about the running backs now being more involved in the passing routes, and we saw this at Prairie View as well. Yeah, uh, those running backs are going to be asked to uh, be productive in the pass game. Um, and, and not like you said, not just adding protection, but being able um, to catch the football out of the backfield, sometimes even line up in the slot. Um, you know, Coach Dooley loves to do that. We saw him, we had Martez Carter over at Grambling. Uh, he loves that type of back, that's, that versatile guy. Um, and I think we have the backs to do it. I think, you know, Kobe Diller can, can, can do it. He's a bigger guy. But he's able to do it. You know, we mm-hmm. saw what he was able to do um, as a quarterback at the high school level and even saw what he was able to do last year as a running back. Um, so I, th- I think that, that him and, and, and Sims, I think it's going to be an opportunity for them to not only show that, but they get to show that to NFL scouts as well. Because when you get to that next level, they want guys that, that can not only run the football, but catch the football out of the backfield, become an every-down guy, not a third-down guy or, you know, a first- and second-down guy. So I think that this is going to benefit uh, those young men as well. Speaking with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football, kind of talking about Southern's uh, 60-play scrimmage set for uh, today at the end of practice. Now, three starters back on the O-line, the receiving core, Totally different. And, again, everyone focuses on a a pass-heavy. I think I even mentioned a pass-heavy offense for Southern University now. But if you go back and look at Prairie View, at Grambling State, at University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, his body work, Coach Dooley, particularly, specifically, let's look at Prairie View. They're balanced. And and I I think everybody's thinking more of a a pass-heavy offense, but they forget that this past season – Prairie View was very balanced, you know, run-to-pass ratio. Yes, and that's one of the misnomers. Uh, people think that Coach Dooley's offense is this, you know, throwing the ball around 50 times a game. That's not what it is. When you look at his offenses, they've always had one of the top rushing offenses uh, in the conference. You go look at it, uh, Prairie View at Grambling State, at Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, the latter years at Southern. He, he likes offenses that – I'm able to do what, what, what we can. Uh, we can do whatever. We, we can throw it. We can run it. Um, and if you load the box and think that you're going to stop the run, we can go over you. Uh, if you think you'll stop the pass, we can run it down your throat. So I think that makes the offense more dangerous uh, and, and gives defensive coordinators headaches. No, I, I, I would agree with that. It's like uh, the analogy, you going up against a great boxer who can – take you out with either hand. You just can't look for his right hand. He, he He's balanced and, and, and offensively, that's what you're going to do. Now, uh, if we switch over to your side of the ball defensively, I've got it from good sources that Southern is still trying to, they're looking to add 
depth at defensive line. Jordan Lewis, he's done everything they've asked of him. Coach Dewey wants to have him bulk up to about 225. Um, the young man that they, they signed from JUCO, Trey Lang, I believe Trey is his Lang. name. Trey Lang. I'm, I've heard great things, great bookends. In the middle, Devin Cotton is going to be out. You know, a recurring knee injury. So they're going to look at they're trying they're looking at adding depth at the defensive line. Secondary coach Dooley says it's been a pleasant surprise, but they, you know, they went with the transfer portal uh, to bring in guys. Then Glenn Brown he says has been doing exceptionally well. Linebackers now Cunningham and Greathouse will get there in the summer, but but mm -hmm. Davis. It's one of the linebackers and Williams. So defensive line, BJ, that's always – I've heard, you know, from the bigger schools getting quality defensive linemen. Why is that such a – not impossible, but a tough job? Well, you, also have, you, have to from, well, you have to look at it from this standpoint. One of the most popular things in, the, in, in high school football right now is 707. You know, when kids mm -hmm. get done with the high school uh, game, they play seven-on-seven. Seven. There's no seven-on-seven seven camps for interior linemen. It is difficult to find offensive linemen, of, of quality offensive linemen, and quality interior defensive linemen uh, because of this. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't get as much work um, as the, uh, the skill position players because the only way you can get that work is to actually do it. Uh, and you're only able to do it uh, so far – it's during the season, so it's 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 hard to find uh, quality kids um, at those particular positions. Um, you know, defensive tackle that 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 position is going to be critical um, because that's key to stopping the run. Um, and he who wins up front is going to win the football game uh, nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. um, so it's right. going to be very critical to find those guys. Uh, look with with. Uh, Coach Miller and Coach Graves over there on that defense side of the football, that defense is going to be attacking. Uh, that defense is going to be aggressive. Uh, those young, man's going, that young men, they're going to play hard. Uh, or, or quite frankly, they're going to have to transfer. <laughs> but to be honest with you, uh, that's, not, that's not a way for you to play uh, on, on the Coach Graves and Coach Miller defense and, and not have those characteristics. Yeah, and, and I think they'll still be looking to add that that depth, quality, defensive lineman, albeit uh, the JUCO route, transfer route. I know they've got a young man coming in, in April the 9th who's a junior college uh, standout. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it, you have – you can go two ways. Some defensive linemen, some coaches prefer the, you know, the, the, the tall, the, the length – and then you got defensive linemen that could be run stoppers. You know, Dumas at Prairie View, very tall, mm -hmm. but he's the run stopper. I think you need a little bit of both of those those type of defensive linemen from a characteristic standpoint. The ones that are, are run stoppers that can clog up the middle, but then you have some that are more, uh, we'll put it this way, more athletic. You know, they got long arms and length. Am I – Close to being on board with that as far as you need those those type of defensive linemen, those two types. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes you get the same you can get the same out of one guy. Uh doing some prayer yeah. unblockable. 
Uh, I've seen him he, when he's in the ball game. There's no inside run, and he's athletic enough where he's able to get to the quarterback from that defensive tackle. Uh, that defensive tackle issue. Uh, but those guys are extremely um, hard to find. Um, you talk about a young man with his strength, skill set, and so forth. But, yes, you, you, you want to have a little bit of both. You want to have that versatility uh, to be able to have both uh, both of those guys uh, on the inside. Uh, like I said, it, it, it's you make your defense that more difficult uh, to slow down when you have uh, guys with multiple skill sets up front. Yeah, because – I. You know, I, I look at it, sometimes you can, and we were scheduled to have Coach Asbury oh, try to reschedule him. Uh, Chris Best, and I talked to him um, this past week. Uh, they played him inside. You know, they played him on the end position. Um, but I asked him, he, he thought, he, he says, Carlos, he's going to move to the inside. Potts is another freshman. Some of those freshmen may have to come in and add quality depth and expected to play. But I think you can move some some projected defensive end in inside. The young man from Shreveport, Captain Shreve. I believe I heard Coach mm-hmm. uh, Graves him talking about they're going to move him inside. With that being said, Coach Asbury also said Bess, who he says is about 250 right now, he could add another 20 pounds and, 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 and play him inside. He projects him to play – the inside the interior defensive line. Yeah, um, and, and a, a lot of that's a benefit when you have a guy that has the versatility that can play inside mm-hmm. and outside. Um, we we just talked about the young man from Prairie View Dumas who was able to do that. Um, that also makes you very very valuable to a defense um, when you're able to play uh, not only you know in the you know, three technique, but I can move you outside. Um, and, and play the defensive end. I can have you in the middle. Uh, we see what Aaron Donald is able to do at, at his level. Uh, you know, he can play mm-hmm. you know, either position. When you have a young man with that skill set, that's something that, that's special, uh, who's, who's big enough to take on the center, to take on, on those guards, but it's also athletic enough uh, to come off the edge and, and, and beat an offensive tackle uh, as far as pass rushing. Uh, those guys are valuable. Uh, they're hard to find, and when you get one of those, uh, they're special. Uh, like I said, the, the key to this defense, in any defense, is going to be the defensive line. Um, if you have a quality mm-hmm. defensive line, that frees up everything for the linebackers uh, in the run game, and it makes the secondary, uh, the secondary, their job even even easier because now that quarterback is not going to have all day to throw the football. There's going to be a quarterback that's going to be under duress. Uh, the linebackers can. Uh, scrape and they, they don't have to worry about offensive linemen on them because the defense the defensive line are doing their job. It all starts with the defensive line, just like we say uh, on the offensive side. It starts with the offensive line. On the, on the defensive side, it starts with the defensive line. The better your defensive line is, the better those linebackers and secondary players look. Well, I'm thinking about what you said earlier. Um, in basketball, they have a a big man's camp. You know, for post players, like to see more mm-hmm. of those kind of big men camps, and I'm not sure they have them, but more of them, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, quality versus quantity. Speaking of that, BJ, tell everybody how they can tune in uh, for your show and, and your social media handles. All right, you can find me on uh, social media at Inside HBCU F-Ball on Twitter. 
Inside HBCU Football on Facebook, or just BJ Jones on Facebook. Uh, my show, Inside HBCU Football, I'll be doing something towards the end of the spring. Once all the spring games are in the books, we can go in and do a recap. Uh, really going to be hitting it hard uh, the latter part of the summer as we get close to media days. Um, start doing some HBCU football previews uh, for this upcoming fall season. Uh, so look for that as far as the SWAC, uh, MEAC. I'll go, go throw in some SIAC and CIAA in there um, as well. Uh, probably do a show around the NFL draft around about that time, talking about the guys potentially who could be drafted, uh, and then do a recap of the guys that were drafted and sign them as free agents and so forth. So uh, got a little bit, you know, Going on here shortly, not as into it as much. Uh, me and the wife expecting a little one in the next couple of months. Uh, got about two and a half months. And yeah, a little lady will be here. So I've uh, been really focusing on, on, on that. But we still get it in, man. Talk about uh, HBCU football, and we're going to have fun with it. Well, I still – c- congratulations. And um... – Hey, that's a that's a great thing. I'll take joy of seeing everyone have little ones because Coach is a little <laughs> bit too old for that now. But that's all right. But congratulations. And guess what? I still want us to do something in Jackson this year. Okay. Carlos Brown, BJ Jones, Charles Bishop, and Neely in Jackson. It should yep. be a great atmosphere. Should be a great atmosphere. With that being said, BJ, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Once again, congratulations on uh, uh, to the family. Continue to stay safe and stay blessed, brother. All right, man. Appreciate you, Carlos. Man, looking forward to the next time. Already, as always. Until the next time. Appreciate you as well. That's gonna do it for this edition of the Coles Brown Show, Lake producer Brian Fulford, uh, guest Charles Edmond, Coach Van Petaway, and Brandon B.J. Jones. And, of course, everyone uh, in the chat room, uh, appreciate you. Continue the conversation until next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Until that time, as always, Peace and God bless.